Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Congregation may be seated. Every day in the, the Bender household, uh, there's a particular time of the day that's more treasured than all the rest, uh, at least by our almost three-year-old daughter, uh, Lily. It's story time. Every night before she goes to bed, Lily wants a story read to her. And if she had it her way, she'd actually go for a whole stack of books, uh, but Molly and I just want her to go to bed, uh, so, so we limit it, right, to, to two, uh, maybe three books. But Lily gets super into it. Her toes start wiggling as she reads the story. Her eyes kind of bulge as she turns page after page, uh, discovering what comes next in the story. It's fascinating to watch her as a father and uh, just see how drawn in she gets to these stories. And uh, to me, at such a young age, I don't remember reading stories when I was so little, but I guess I probably did, or <laughs> my parents read them to me. And I imagine the same is true, right, for your kids or your grandkids. Like, don't they just love it when you sit down with them and read to them stories? It's like their love for stories is kind of written into to who they are. And I guess as adults, we're really not that much different, are we? I mean, as soon as we get done reading her her stories, well, then we jump into our stories. Or we pick up that novel that we haven't been able to put down or uh, turn on that TV show that we've been hooked on for the last several weeks. I mean, we like stories, too. And for all of you who don't have kids here today, well, you have even more time to like binge watch your shows. I don't know. I don't know what that's like. It takes me seven weeks to get through a season of a show. It's really sad. <laughs> but I'm curious to know this morning, what kind of stories do you guys like? Right? There's there's lots of different genres out there of stories. Which one is yours? Just by show of hands, how many of you out there? like action movies, action stories. That's your jam. All right, what about love stories? How many of you like love stories? I should put my hand down. Uh, no, I, I like them. Uh, what, about, what about the fantasy genre? Any, like, Harry Potter fans out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, a lot of, a lot of hands in that section. What about this one? What about historical documentaries? Oh, yeah, good show, good show. All right. Well, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm kind of a, a Disney movie uh, sucker myself, like Frozen, Lion King. That's my jam. I could do that any day of the week. See, we're, we're people of stories. We love stories. We love to read about them, to tell them, to see them unfold. Uh, for generations, that's how like knowledge and wisdom was even passed down, right? Through stories. And even today, in this age of tech and tablet, with so many other ways to transfer information, we still find ourselves telling stories, learning from stories. It's like they are written into who we are. 
But why? Why do we like stories so much? I'm convinced that the reason is actually right here. That it's because of this story. That's, it's because of the Bible. Some people call the Bible the greatest story ever told. And that might sound a little cheesy. And I'm sure there are lots of people in our world today who would kind of scoff at that idea. But there's actually data to support it. I mentioned Harry Potter a little bit ago. Some people got excited in that area. Whether you're a fan of Harry Potter or not, if you lived in the early 2000s, grew up in the early 2000s, you can remember how big of a craze Harry Potter was. I mean, everybody was scrambling to get their hands on a copy of those books. You should ask my wife. She's got a really funny story about how her and her two sisters uh, had to share one book at a time. Uh, it's, it's amusing. That, that book was a craze. Harry Potter is the best-selling book series of all time. I don't know if you knew that. Over 500 million copies have been sold worldwide. It far surpasses the next runner-up, uh, the second most popular book series. That's actually Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. Right? Good books. Read those as a kid. Those have sold 350 million copies. Pretty impressive. The Bible? Over 5 billion copies sold worldwide. 5 billion copies. <laughs> the Bible. Why? Why this book? Why do we care about stories so much? Well, it's because this is the greatest story ever told. And it's the greatest story ever told because it's written by the greatest author ever to exist. We heard about it in our reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3. It said, All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All Scripture is breathed out by God. The word for breathe there is connected to the Greek word pneuma. And everybody say pneuma. Pneuma. I right, do it again. Pneuma. Yeah. That's, now you know a Greek word. Pneuma is the Greek word for, for breath and for wind and for spirit. God's spirit is wrapped up in these words. These words were divinely inspired. This book has been written, created by the one who created the entire world as we know it. The one who authored life itself. He authored these pages. The same fingers that put every star up in the sky. That, that placed every planet where it hangs. Those fingers penned these pages through different people down through the ages. And he has written you into his story as well. Do you remember the beginning in Genesis? How did God create humanity? Right. Genesis 2, verse 7. 
It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That same pneuma, that same Spirit of God was breathed into you, written into all of us that moment our stories began, when we took our first breath, our first pneuma. When we read the Bible, we come into the contact with the same Spirit that, that has animated us, that, that same thing that, that has created this world, we get in touch with reality, our reality, when we read Scripture. We start to see ourselves through the eyes of the one who authored life itself, our lives in this world. That happens when we read the Bible, every time we read it. But wait. You think, right? You say, maybe, I don't know. I feel like there's some, some defenses against this idea, right? We've maybe all read the Bible at some point or tried. Maybe you tried and it, it didn't really feel like something that significant was going on. Maybe it actually felt really challenging to read the Bible. Maybe you got in and it was like, there's just a bunch of names that I can't pronounce or stories that I think are trying to teach me something, but honestly, I couldn't really figure out the point of the story. Or maybe you got to the, the, the book Leviticus, right? You were going to read through the whole Bible. Genesis, okay, stories, cool. Exodus, more stories. Leviticus, I have no idea what's going on here. And you said, forget it. I, I actually, I hear you on that. The Bible is challenging to read. It doesn't sound like the novels and movies that we're used to reading and, and watching. The books of the Bible aren't even placed in chronological order. It's hard to follow the plot. That's why we're so excited about this book. This book. Today we're beginning a 31-week journey through the story. The story is going to take us from the beginning to the end of the Bible. It's not a replacement for the Bible. It's actually intended to draw us into the Scriptures. And in fact, it actually is made up mostly of the Bible. God's divinely inspired words in the NIV translation are filled in these pages. But the story is abridged. The story does read more like a novel. It is put in chronological order. It doesn't contain all of Scripture, but it, it zooms in on some of the key stories of Scripture. Stories of people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Stories like Joshua and Joseph, all the way down to Jesus. Stories of people who lived down here on this earth. We're going to call those stories the lower story, right? This is kind of the history, the, the narrative of human history down here on this earth. Our stories take place down here too, right? We're going to call that the lower story. But the story also connects the dots of God's divine plan to save humanity. That's what we call the upper story. That is the plot, right? 
That is the plot that God has been writing in the lives of all people from all time. It's the story of salvation that God is writing even in your own life. And this plot, this plot has been woven into the fabric of our reality, of our world. Same author who created this world and wrote these words of the upper story. And you can actually see them. You can see it woven into many of the stories that we actually watch. Right? This is the reason why Anna dies. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Frozen yet, it's been many years, okay? This is the reason that she's frozen, right? In an act of self-sacrifice. An act of true love to save not only Elsa, but really the world. Huh? Sound familiar? This is the reason why a lion named Simba runs off into the wilderness, weighed down by his shame and guilt, and why he needs to hear the voice of his father to remember who he truly is. It's the reason why these stories resonate so deeply within us, because they tap into reality. They tap into our reality, into the story that we have all been written into. This is why you and I long for redemption in our own stories. To, to, to rise up from our own ashes of, of failures in our life, of brokenness. This is why we long to really be somebody. And this is why you and I long for a true love to sweep us off our feet. This is why we can watch movies with dragons and beasts and they make sense, right? Even though they're so otherworldly. Because we live in a world that has beastly evils and looming monsters. We look around our world and see terror and violence. We know those monsters exist. When we remember and commemorate 9-11 20 years ago, yesterday, and we know those monsters exist. When we take a hard look in our own souls, in our own hearts, and we know those monsters exist. And so we need these stories to not prove to us that those monsters exist. We know that deep down. We need these stories to show us that the dragon can be killed. And it's actually because of these story that we know the dragon has been slain. Satan has been defeated. Jesus has risen. There is actual life to be claimed by us. We are alive in Christ. We want you to know that life too. We want you to know the plot, the story that God has been writing in your own life, that he has connected you to through his son. We believe the best way to to understand our stories is to understand his story to see the world as it really is, and to see ourselves as we really are. And this book, the story, this is going to help us. It's going to help us unlock that story, the biblical narrative, the story God has been telling from the beginning of time, and that he continues to write in our lives, in our world today. And so we encourage you, stop by that circular table 
right near the doors of the church. Stop by and pick up one of these books, the story. Uh, they're $5. We're going to walk through it all year. These books are going to be super helpful. In fact, a week from now, uh, when you hear uh, the next sermon preached, it's going to be based off of the first chapter of this book. Sunday school is going to be based off the first chapter of this book. All of our life groups that meet will be based off of the first chapter of this book. We're going to walk through this together. So pick up a book. Read that first chapter of the story and get ready. As we read the story, experience the Bible and find our place in the greatest story ever told. In Jesus' name, amen.